I didn't tell you, uh, I got my first lead yesterday from one of the ones we shared on Facebook. Yeah. And it's going to, oh, you already did. Cool. Well, never mind. I'm going to take away my thunder. Thunder stole. Thunder stole is what I said. Because stole is a real word. Damn it, I forgot my. <laughs> Just got to do it every month. And you got to do three months. The next podcast should be on vocabulary. Because we be stolen. We be stolen. What'd you forget? Um, stays. Color stays. I don't like it when they're wrinkled. The first thing I noticed. I know. Whatever. How are your travels? I'm tired. Me too. I'm not. I'm not traveling anymore. I'm done. Forever in life. For three months. Dang. I'm not doing. I'm not going to branches. I'm not doing shit. I'm three months. Why? What was so tiring about it? That's not like I've you just to say been that. Gone from the kids too much. So. Yeah, you have. You've been a go- not too much, but like you've been gone a lot. Yep. So, I t- my kids took notice, and I said, "I will not travel till February 1st. Okay. What'd they say? Thank you. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did they say, we just miss you because you've been gone a lot? <laughs> no, they said... Uh, what am I doing? No, they were saying something like, again? Like the oh, saying, again? Yeah. When are you going to be back this time? How long are you going to be gone this time? So they're taking notice, I guess. Yeah. Oh, there we go. I think that's right. good, right? This just needs to be pushed. Oh, there. Okay. I don't know what happened to it. I was trying to be a gangster. It's hard to be Because I am kind of a gangster. My alter ego is Snoop Dogg, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I feel much more comfortable now. Thanks for asking. I'm going to take my shoes off. That'll make me feel more comfortable. You don't see my shoes on these, right? Perfect. Don't fuck them up. be the first episode where we shoot our feet. All right, so I look at this one again. Is that how we're going to do, it, to do the intro? We'll do that uh, at the end. So you don't miss. I'll do it right now. Get it over with. It's easy. Um, it's already rolling. <laughs> Action! That was your action. Right. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sigmund Sense. So today we're going to be talking about, you know, you're starting to get some information about money and what to do with money. And we talk a lot about, you know, the idea of budgeting and there's lots of great ideas out there. Uh, but a lot of people struggle with, uh, A, they, they don't have a goal. So we started talking a little bit about that already. B, they don't create a plan. Plan typically sounds like a personal family budget, but some sort of plan around money is the second piece. But the third piece is then uh, you've got to implement and execute, right? And that's usually the biggest challenge for a lot of people is if they even have a goal about I'd like to retire by some date or have some money in the bank or save some per month. And now I'm getting a little better at, at the disciplines around money with budgeting. That's great. The day, to, day in and day out, the week in and week out or the monthly is lacking. And so uh, in business, and you can apply this to both business and your, and your family budget, uh, or any goal for that matter, I came up with a top 10 rules of implementation. And so we're going to go through that today because I want to get people to start getting a little bit more traction around it. So here we go. Let's do it. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I, that's exactly what I kind of said it in the intro as far as what I want to talk about because I, I, I'm really clear that, and I've said to some of our coaching students, that a, um, a goal without a plan is as worthless as a plan without execution. And, yeah. uh and I think, you know, you've got to have all three. You've got to have, where am I going? How am I going to get there? And, and what's the day-to-day rowing the boat? Yes. And, uh, and so today I really want to talk about those rules for implementation. And, and you and I have both gone through nine years of business together where, you know, I'd say that we're batting average way better than most. I'd probably say I would agree. 70% of any goal we've ever put out there we accomplish. 
Um, and there's room for improvement for sure. Absolutely. And we have on years and off years and usually it's, it's one or the other of us needs to be all in or both of us need to be. But, um, but when we really think back and when I re- reflected on, you know, what worked and why did it work, we were simply executing more of the rules of implementation mm-hmm. than in previous years. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that applies to everything, whether it's a weight loss goal, whether it's a, a money goal, whether it's a business, uh, sales goal, uh, I, mean, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think the other piece is being how bought in to the, the plan, mm. the implementation and the, the why and the goal in the first place is such a huge, such a huge deal. Um, and we've talked about in the other episodes too, that at some point when it comes to money, it's usually comes from a place of pain. You've gotten to mm-hmm. enough pain with money. Um, and that's or, enough of a why to do it. And that's enough of a why, but that doesn't always have to be the reason either. You know, right. I mean, sometimes it's about you hear enough of the same people say the same things and you just decide like it's time. Like you want to play with the big dogs. You want to soar. Yeah. You want to be great. And so maybe that's enough is that you're just ready to get in the, yep. get in the ring with the big dogs. So, so yeah. tying it to something. Yeah, for sure. And I think a couple of these points on there specifically talk about that. To me, when you create rules of any kind, it's it's creating what are the bumpers going to be in your bowling. I love that. It's the bumper, right? Because yeah. we're going to screw up. We're going to go make an impulse buy. Um, we're going to hire or fire somebody out of emotion. We're going to you know, chase the shiny new star, whether mm-hmm. that be in a purchase of a car that we didn't need mm-hmm. or in a, uh, in a sales thing that we're trying to do. Right. Um, but if we just have those bumpers up, then we don't screw up too much before we're corrected. I and that's why that. we have to create some of these rules of business and, and of money. And, and so, uh, and by the way, feel free to share this episode with people that are just business people, because I absolutely know that it applies to any entrepreneur. I know for sure it applies to uh, any salesperson. I know for sure it applies to anyone that's trying to move the needle yeah. because they're not satisfied, yeah. right? They want to grow and, and get better in any area of life. And so I want to jump right into it because there's 10 it. of them. And there's plenty to talk about. And I know that we've been, we've been averaging what an hour and a half. Yeah, about an hour and a so half. So we'll, we'll try and do it in less than an hour and a <laughs> half for everyone today, but no promises. Um, first one is, uh, is a clear one for, for everybody, but make sure all objectives are measurable, time oriented and strategic in nature. Measurable, time oriented and yeah. strategic. Okay. Measure. So what I mean by this is, you know, I, I, you talk to a lot of people in, in uh, any goal, it might be something along the lines of, I want to lose weight. Okay. Um, I want to retire early. Um, I want to save more. Yeah. And as a business coach and, a, and really as a performance coach, uh, I know that those types of statements are completely worthless. Yeah, it's too loose. Uh, because it lacks all three of them. And so I kind of want to walk through all three of them because that's kind of the name of the game. So there's no measurement point, as you know. Mm-hmm. So if you want to lose weight, great. My follow-up question is, awesome. How much? How right? much? Yes. Um, and I win. You know, if you think about savings, then it's like, great. How much? Um, if you say retirement, buy when do you want to retire? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to pay off my credit card debt, buy when? Um, but, and that goes back to the measurable and time orientation. There's gotta be a specific number and it's, and ideally it should also be tied, tied to a time frame yep. by which you're going to accomplish it. Um, I know we do this a lot in, in business in general, but when you think about money, um, 
What are, do you remember some of the first couple questions our financial planner, because we, we have the same financial planner. Yeah. So, but do you remember some of the first questions he asked? Because this falls right in line with what are your goals, measurable and specific? Yeah, I do. And I remember thinking, this is like the coolest thing I ever. I remember you saying that. Because, um, well, I actually had a, a previous financial planner and it, the experience was so incredibly different. And we didn't have this five step, five meeting process mm-hmm. mapping and process planning mm-hmm. to our, our life, which is yeah. really what we're really, what it boils down to is this was like, okay, what are, how are we going to get what we want out of life? And so, you know, some of the things was, uh, that, that he asked, uh, when do we want to retire? Yep. And Randy and I are six years apart in age. Randy's six years older. And the follow-up question to that was, are y'all going to retire at the, at same, the same time? time? Yep. I'm like, oh my gosh, I never even thought about that. And so we, we kind of laughed and he said, it may sound weird, but if he retires before you, like you're going to want to have the option too, just because you're six years younger, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to have to continue working for that reason. So I'm like, sounds good. Like, yes. So retire at the same age. Um, how much, or what is your lifestyle going to be like when you retire? Mm -hmm. Uh, what, um, how do you feel about, about college? Uh, apparently there's a lot of different schools of thought about some parents feel like we're going to provide all of college. Some parents say half, some say, you know, just room and board. And so really talking through what that looks like for us and what we want to, mm-hmm. what we want to give for our kids. And also another great conversation to have that we probably didn't have before we started having kids. Right. Yep. Um, luckily we had the same feelings about it, but so those were some main ones. Um, gosh, what am I missing? There were so many, um, well, just the, great stuff. Yeah. I mean, what you're talking about, you know, we're condensing into a two minute section, but there were five meetings each and yeah. at least an hour length, all of them. Risk and, tolerance was a big one. Yeah. But it, what it really came down to was what he was trying to boil down to when you're talking about money, which is conceptually a big idea. How do you take this big concept and boil it down to something that you, that we all individually understand? It's, um, the real answer comes down to at what age do you want to retire with how much money do you want to retire? Because that money pays how much per month based mm-hmm. on how much you need to live off of plus, yeah. plus fluff. Right. And when you really boil it down to, I want to retire, whatever the age is, I want to retire by age 50. Uh, I want to retire with uh, 2 million bucks in the bank, uh, because I know 2 million bucks in the bank with a 4% tax free bond investment will get me about 80 grand per year tax-free, separate of Social Security. I hope it's around, but it's not guaranteed. Right. So uh, the real question is, based on the inflation uh, issues that there there are, can you live off of today's $40,000 income in tomorrow's dollars, which is about 80000 bucks? Yeah. Yes or no? And if not, now we have something that's specific and measurable uh, and time-oriented by when we're going to do this that he then backs into, well, then how much do you have to save? You know, I know some of the questions that, yep. that we should all ask ourselves are, are we on track? Are we behind track? Are we ahead of track? Right. Based on your past and present savings habits, based on your past and present, uh, debt, uh, debt loads that you've carried. Right. And when you really get into that piece and you really start to knuckle down on what is it really going to take instead of this big concept of, I'd like to retire. I'd like to lose weight. Mm -hmm. All these stupid things that people say, it goes down to, no, I need to save a thousand bucks a month yeah, or whatever it is. Literally based on the, like building out a roadmap yep, for it. Yep. 
it was pretty crazy to look at the numbers. Yep. But, you know, when you have a roadmap and then he breaks, he goes all the way down to what that looks like today. Yep. What that looks like each month. Oh. Yep. Now, I'll tell you that this is where the strategy comes in because um, if you set aside 50 bucks a month and you're 65 years of age and you want to retire at age 70 with a million bucks in the, in the bank, you're going to be screwed unless you're inheriting. Like if that's part of the plan, great. Wait for mama to die. Um, that's not a great plan, but it is some, it is some people's plans, right? Um, and so when you think about it, this is why I add in that key element of is it strategically a good idea? The plan that you're following, is it a strategically good one? Um, as it does it give you the best chance of success, um, you can really back into it. So let me just give you something that one of my mentors, Rick, taught me not too long ago uh, called the wealth escalator. And it's a super easy formula to think about. Uh, and you can take this and multiply by five or 10, it doesn't matter, or by half. But time saved, uh, or sorry, money saved over time, time value of money is a real thing. So we know that the earlier somebody starts saving, the better off they are, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But just an easy math formula for everyone to think about is if you save $1,000 a month for 20 years, that's 240 months, that's 240,000 bucks you save. In 20 years, saving 1,000 bucks a month, that's mm-hmm. it, okay? Which most people in America do have the ability to pinch and steal and borrow to make ends meet to be able to save 1,000 bucks, okay? So depending on your rate of return, depending on how you invest it, whether it's invested poorly or, or not, or timing the market, the last 11 years have been amazing, but yes, there are recessions too, right? Um, you're, you can expect your money to do anything between double and quadruple in money in that same period of time. So the easiest way to say it is if you save $1,000 a month for 20 years, you can expect somewhere between 480 and 960000 bucks in retirement. Just a thousand bucks a month. Thousand bucks a month. You do $2,000 a month, you can expect between a million and $2 million in retirement if it's done over 20 years. So that's what's called that wealth escalator because what you're looking at is uh, what, it, you know, when you put that money aside, um, is there a plan and is it in alignment? Because some people that just heard that said, Josh, that's great, but I'm 50. Right. And I don't want to retire when I'm 70. This comes back to the strategy. So, is the goal that you're actually saving in the first place going to get you the result that, you, that you're hoping for in the first place? If not, then what needs to change, right? Because there's strategy involved, not just a hope and a prayer of I'll save as much as I can because let's be honest, it's never enough. Right. And, or I'll, I'll pay down as much debt as I can each month, with, which again is never enough. Because there's not a really well thought out strategy of what's the end goal. But there's also like going at it that route, I feel like doesn't give you the reward that you should. Oh my, you got to love the grind. That's part <laughs> of it, right? Like there's not a definite yep. moment where you can stop and celebrate because it's a huge deal and it's hard what you're doing. So, you know, by just being loosey goosey with the plan, you're, you're missing everything that's going to get you. Uh, the motivation to keep going, yep. which is a huge piece of it. Which kind of goes into some of these other ones. So shall we continue? Sure, we shall. Okay, cool. <laughs> so number two, and I, and I think this is something we've done better in our business than most, but uh, when it comes to money, I know some families do something, uh, they create visual aids, Yeah. right? So yeah. at home or at work, whether you do a vision board 
or, you know, you, you just, you know, um, we'll get into tying it to goals in the future, but or like a you know, bucket list, you know, I mean, bucket, bucket list. list like when I retire, fun. I want to do this or, or I want to achieve that, or I want to buy this for myself. You know, I want to have this Corvette, like people have weird things associated with money. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. It's like it's in alignment and doesn't take away from you achieving your end goal, which is retirement. Um, but visual aids do work, you know, uh, Absolutely. is there something that I'm just curious? I don't know. Is there something that's up in your office or at the, at the house that's that? Is a visual aid that, that helps keep you centered around money? We um, we actually re- need to redo it. And the reason I know why we need to redo it is because uh, we're getting, we're at the point where we need to start working towards something else. And we're adding um, vacations and, and, and cooler vacations and things that, you know, um, that are going to take a little bit more effort and focus to, mm-hmm. to accomplish. And so, um, probably three years ago, we, as a family did a bucket list and it was so fun to hear some of the things that the kids put on there, like KK's, you know, I want to ride in a limo, like just fun stuff like that. And, you know, and then there were some, some destinations that, you know, we as, as parents wanted to take the kids on. So what percentage of those have you accomplished? I I don't have an exact percentage, you know, I'm terrible about that, but it, we literally, it is so cool. KK's definitely ridden in a limo. (laughs) Um, I would say if I had to guess, probably a third of the things that we put down already done have already been done. And so we need to revisit it and hopefully you're not a third way done with your life. Like hopefully you got like a lot more than that. Heck no, you can keep adding on and, and we learn new things that we want to do and we have new passions. And so just it, that's why it needs to be updated because it's, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's fun to, here's, here's exactly why I brought this up. I'm glad that you had an illustration there at work. Uh, everyone that's close to me knows I've got my top four priorities are framed every year next mm-hmm. to my desk. I cannot sit down without seeing it every single day. Yeah. Anyone that asks me, hey, what are you working on this year? I can just rattle it off because it's the same four things that I'm working on. Um, but it's a visual aid and it's yeah. it's front and center. Um, I think it's super, super important to do it. Things that you write down that you put in front of you. Some of, some people are more creative like you that uh, think in pictures, mm-hmm. uh, like to see the, the visual aid um, of the destination or a picture of the limb or whatever. I just need the statement personally, because I like to read and I I retain better reading. Mm -hmm. And so I just have my four statements side by side by side and I just read it all the time. And it's like a permanent fixture that's been burned in my eyeballs. Like I can close my eyes and still see all four of them. (laughs) Um, But it works because what I do think, and this goes back to the top 10 rules for implementation, you're not going to implement something you forget about. And the truth behind goals and plans for most people is if they create a goal in the first place, which we know most people don't do, and then if they take the second step of creating a plan, working a personal family budget, doing the stuff because they made that decision through pain or otherwise, invariably life happens. They put that goal or plan somewhere that's not seen. Can't see it. And they yeah. wake up three months later, five months later, and they're wondering why they're off course. And it's like, holy crap, I spent all that time and we were doing so well. I mean, how many times have you said in your own mind, I know I for sure said, man, I was doing so well. And then I started eating junk food and again. Then, and I was then we went so on well. vacation. Right, they, right. And then we were off for a week or whatever. Yes. Um, the, uh, the other way I use visual aids in my life is through whiteboarding. Mm-hmm. It is such a real thing for me. 
Um, you have a problem. <laughs> I legit, like I am the reason that whiteboard companies go into in Bryn's office and you'll know what she's talking about. There's a list for a list for a list for a list on the board. It's like, and I don't then know. Then go to my house. They are everywhere. <laughs> and the way that I use whiteboards is we have daily things that go on the whiteboards. We have weekly things and we have monthly things and we have yearly things. So it just requires a lot. Okay. Super organized Um, OCD, whatever. So the thing about the whiteboards and the way to use them is the things that go on the, the daily whiteboard, make sure that once you write those down, that they are in alignment with ultimately the big goal, right? The yearly goal. Then whatever's on the weekly whiteboards is a, is in reflection of the yearly. So everything ties back together. And this goes from, I mean, we're talking about money, but this, I mean, this is how you stay on track with just life in general, right? You want to like really play at a big level and make people wonder like how the hell you get so much done. Mm -hmm. I mean, finding a way to, you got to map it out because you can't just wake up every day and go, Ooh, I wonder I wonder what's going to happen. Yep. Like who's taken who to the practices? What parties do we have? What needs to be done? Um, who's working out when all of those things, because those yep. little bite sized pieces is what's going and to land it. you. Yeah. I love you end. brought that up because at least two of these specifically talked about that. But what you just said is, is so interesting. You know, uh, I, uh, you know, I'm a weirdo, like watch YouTube videos all the time of motivational right. speakers and th- <laughs> things like that. So, whether it's The Rock or Vanderchuk or whatever, you know, these people are, they run not one company. By the way, they're running it. They're not working for it. They're running, they're running like 10, 10. or 20 or 50. And Crazy. and they have the same 40 hours a week. And in Absolutely. some cases, fewer than 40 hours a week because they are more organized and they're doing what's in alignment with the long-term goals, mm-hmm. right? So you have to apply this to, uh, you, you absolutely have to apply this towards your money as well. And the visual aids is just one of those components that, if you can keep it front and center, it's hard to avoid it. Um, you know, it's so weird to me that people that want to lose weight don't get on the scale more often, right? Like the scale is not lying to you. It's, it's not, not just off yeah. today. Mm-hmm. It's like you're overweight today. That's the answer. So yeah. it's you get on the scale every single day. You look at it. It's a visual representation of the reality of the moment. And it's in alignment or it's not in alignment with the goal. And you'll work on it or you won't. But For don't sure. lie to yourself. And some people are say, well, I'll work out for a month and they'll get on the scale. It's like, ah. Just get on the scale. Start a measuring point. Well, Take and a look the other thing too is like if if someone for specifically for weight, I want to I want to lose weight, so I'm going to work out. Mm-hmm. If you're not measuring it every single day, then you could get to the end of the month and mm-hmm. not, have not lost a pound. Yep. Because we know that specifically when it's tied to weight loss, food is going to be such a big factor of that. So if you're on the scale every day and you realize nothing's happening, then you can correct the plan way sooner mm-hmm. and not get that burnout feeling at the end of 30 days of working your butt off yep. to literally not work your butt off. Get yep. it? Get it? <laughs> so, okay. So I want to ask this yeah. though. So with a visual aid and money, yep. like what, I know you said statements would be, is what works for you, but yep. what things, what, give us some examples of things that would be good to put on a visual aid. Yeah, so uh, I, I think you can start as early as the first in the morning. So you know that I've had the same 
daily affirmation on a post-it note in my office since I've known you since before that. I think it's 12 years now. I love my all job the, and all the I'm <laughs> Yeah, I love my job, I love my job, I love my job. I'm just have fun today on fun a freaking to purple post-it note. Yeah, It's purple. I don't like purple. I just see it and I know I don't have to read it anymore. It's been 12 years on my desk. Right. Mm-hmm. But you see it and it's like, oh, and it's literally like a ratted out piece of paper. I mean, I don't, it's yeah. almost garbage now. Yeah. But <laughs> that's an example. So you can start with daily affirmations. Um, visual aids could be, uh, again, we're keeping the money. So um, what the money represents for you, right? So pictures uh, could be anything from, you know, maybe you, you are, you've never owned a house before and you want to own that house that you want to have the American dream for your kids and for yourself. Mm-hmm. So you just have a picture of the house, like literally drive around. It's, it's actually remarkably fun to do this. Drive around to the neighborhood that you want to live in one day and find the house in the neighborhood that you want to live in one day and take a picture of it and leave it in your, in your bathroom and see what happens over time. That's cool. Like yeah. it's just an example. Um, uh, for me, like I said, it's a, a specific measurable uh, thing that matters. So if I tied it to business, it could be as simple as units, income, volume. But there's those numbers literally written down. When it comes to savings, you know, uh, going back to the rule of 30, 30, 10, 30, uh, if you have a specific savings we're giving, you know that my, my giving goal dramatically changed my, uh, drastically. Excuse I was me. like that. I like yeah, that. Dramatically. Dramatically. I just created a new word. I think that works. Write that one down. I want to keep that one. I want to copyright that. So it dramatically changed my business when I started focusing on the giving side as, yeah. as opposed to the earning side, right? Um, so that became front and center for me. For other visual aids, um, Could you put, I wonder notes, if like putting down like, you know, put it, writing down your bumpers. If, it, if yep. you're looking for a weekly thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, your eat out allowance is two times per week or yep. a dollar amount. Like, yep. And so then at the end of the week, you can say, okay, did we stick to our... We're going to definitely cover that. That's absolutely right. Um, but no, you're okay. fine. Yeah. I, I love, it makes me happy because I, I try not to prep you for this because I want you to have the real conversation back. And I love yeah. that you're talking about at least half of them. So it's spot on. I mean, it's why we've done so well. But uh, when you really go back to uh, answering your question directly, adding calendared questions or reminders is a visual aid. So so many of us, almost all of us now carry uh, mm-hmm. smartphones, but very few people use it. So uh, if a calendar yeah. is a reflection of your priorities, yeah. and the reason why you work is to retire or to live, not live to, you know, uh, not live to work, work to live, mm-hmm. you know, the, which, way, which way do you fall and which way do most people fall? then why wouldn't you put a reminder, a pop-up on your calendar, which is a visual reminder of, uh, of whatever, like just budget review. <laughs> yeah. um, like just once a month, a pop-up budget review, which is, which is on this list as well. All of those things just keep it front and center. That's why the visual aid is so important, whether it's a frame something on your desk, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, you know, a whiteboard in your you know, home office, mm-hmm. or a picture in your bathroom on the mirror, for sure. uh, I uh, love of, that. Yeah, like the suit that you wear, the jewelry, oh, the, cool, yeah. the jewelry that you buy, the car that you drive. Again, I'm not a material guy. I'm just not personally drawn to that stuff. Um, but a lot of people are. Yeah. Um, one of my coaching students, guy named, uh, is actually, he's way more than that at this point. He's one of my best friends in the world, and he's uh, he actually coaches alongside of me now. So um, he's just one of the best guys in the world. He when I started working with him about seven years ago, for whatever reason, he's a car guy and he wanted a Ferrari, right? And he had a picture of a Ferrari, and I remember going out to an event to meet with him in uh, uh, California, and it's not too far from uh, um, Palm Desert where we were, and it's not too far from where his house was. And we're in the lobby, and he said, hey, dude, I want you to come outside and drive something for me. Oh. I said, what are you talking about? And we literally walk out there, and he'd gotten this, thing, this Ferrari, and I was looking, and I was like, holy crap. 
And he'd show me a picture of a Ferrari just like that one years earlier. Years cool. earlier. Yeah. So things just when you're when you it's top of mind and it's a visual thing. For a lot of people, it just happens over time because you're constantly making choices in alignment. In alignment, with right? What, with what with, with long-term and goals. And I think uh, the last thing I want to say about this is getting as many people involved with it as you can. I don't know if that's on oh, the list or not. Oh, number three. <laughs> Let's move on number, number three. Number three. Oh, superhero. That's right. Okay. Don't keep it a secret. Don't keep it a secret. Have accountability partners. Use coaches. Yeah. Something. My God. Yeah. like. I want to talk about this one because I know we had an entire episode on the emotion around money, yeah. right? Yeah. But my God, people think money is a taboo subject. I mean, the people, the way people do or don't talk about money is like, it's, it's right in alignment with don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics, don't talk about sex, don't talk about money. And it's That's like, listen, I, like I got young kids. I need to talk about sex and uh, you know, I want to make, make sure that they make good decisions on bad decisions. <laughs> like uh, I don't want the world to happen to me. So I do want to talk about politics because I do have a point yeah. of view and I want, uh, I want other people to understand my point of view. So more of stuff goes my way long term. Right. And yeah. uh, religion, I believe in it. So like I'm going to yeah. spread the gospel. It's okay. Uh, but when it comes to money, it's the same thing. It's, it, same like, thing, it's yeah. you got to be able to talk to it or in that last episode, what you brought up, which is spot on, is whatever your parents' view of money is typically what your view of money is and what your kids' view of money is. And if you look at that and it's unhealthy, you got to break the cycle. The way you break right. the cycle is to talk more. A, a key component, in my opinion, is just being inquisitive. Like, I love that. Just okay. ask more questions. Like, How many times can you watch the news and all of a sudden something about the stock market comes up and what, what does the average person do? Changes the channel. Like, I don't understand that crap. So let me just, here's an idea. Just watch it. And maybe you pick up one little thing. Just be inquisitive. Um, So like going back to, I don't want people to work their entire lives and every January be the same or worse off. Oh, like yeah. why, like why take the time for, I'd rather you be a happy bum on a beach with your kids, Fact like life, hang yeah. out with your kids all day, every day. But if you're not inquisitive and this goes back to the accountability partnership. So, yeah. um, so I think especially around money, getting the entire family involved is that. huge. Yep. And the, in the bucket list example, have your kids put stuff on there and talk to them about saving and talk to them about how much things really cost. Um, I also gave the example of, you know, Walker, my six year old wanting to watch a movie that was all of a sudden costing three 99. I didn't want to pay that. You've seen it a hundred times. Chances are you're not going to watch the entire thing anyway. Mm -hmm. So Walker, it's, it's four bucks. Do you have $4 to spend on this movie? And do you want to? And do you want to? Because that's going to give me a good indicator of where his... Mm -hmm. But it also is now planting the seed to him that, okay, now he has a decision to make. Mm -hmm. And things don't come free. And a lot of times I... What? There's no money tree? Exactly. I know. Dang it. That's what we need to get on. Um, Invent that thing. You'll be fine. Invent that (laughs) thing. Invent that thing. Um, And when they want to sign up for stuff... Dance classes, extra dance classes, extra baseball practices, hitting practices. Oh my God. Like all those things. Talking about how much money it costs. And I have often, I've really started using the phrase, we are living in a matched effort world. We're going to play matched efforts. If I'm going to match or if I'm going to bring $60 a lesson to the table, you better bring $60 worth of effort. Or more. Or more to the practice. 
because I love that. It's a lot of money when you start adding it up. It's a lot of money no matter what. Like $60 for one hour of learning how to swing a bat, it's a lot of money. So yep. how bad do you want it? Like, And you better bring it. As Max long as, effort. I've never heard if that before. You're, I like that. If you're bringing it, I'll keep bringing it. But I think that's a good way to kind of... Because it, it get, they get carried away, right? We mm-hmm. all get carried away. So if I want to be better, oh, I need to add this practice. I need to add this practice. And you know, are we doing it for the right reasons? Are you getting better or is it just because, um, so that's a phrase I've started using a lot and Mm -hmm. it, it's good. It's a good, like, Hey, we're getting off track. Like I'm not feeling like the, the, the effort's not being matched. So we're, this is make an adjustment really, really quickly or like we're going to stop doing it and that kind of, well, to tie up this one on the, don't keep it a secret thing. So talk to your kids about it. Absolutely. Um, you have to turn in a personal family budget to me once a month. Mm-hmm. I am the accountability partner or coach. I am a grown ass man and I've made plenty of money and I've saved plenty of money. I still turn in a personal family budget to a coach because I love that. It's, I've been doing it for 15 years straight. It is without exception. I get fined if I don't turn it in. It's a fine to charity, but I do get fined. Yeah. And the reality is I just do it. And it's a, it is it, there's a couple emotional components that come out of it. Number number one, so many of us, I know you are, I know I am, are pleasers. Like, I don't want to let my coach down. Right. So if my coach says, hey, did, hey, dude, do better here, whether that be, you know, uh, you spend a little bit too much eating out or whether that be you could be more generous, give away a little, a little bit more money. I don't want to let them down, so I typically just do the work the next time around, right? Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, I do know for in my life, that there have been moments, and some of those moments, long moments, where I disguise complacency as contentment. Okay, so what I mean by that is, um, I'm I'm content. I, I've got enough. I make enough. I save enough, so I don't pay as much attention. When really, it's not okay. contentment. I am complacent. I disguise it, yeah. but I'm being complacent. And complacent's the devil's work. You know, when you get complacent, you start doing lots of frivolous stuff. It's when you start to feel bad. You start doing crazy spending habits again. Um, I probably drink too much when I'm in what that, do you that consider mindset. Cra- like in, in your world, what do you consider crazy spending habits? Um, what does that look and feel when, like? Uh, whenever I pay a credit card bill and I can't recall anything okay. that matters that I bought that I still have. Okay. Like to me, that's just unacceptable. Like I get it. Um, you don't get to get buried with the money. Awesome. So, if you've done a great job and you want to buy yourself a new business suit or, you know, um, upgrade your ring or get that nice piece of jewelry once a year, you know, I'm going to be the last person to say, don't do that. As long as mm-hmm. it's not at the, uh, at the expense of your long-term goals. Right. So if I believe in, you must save 30% in my 30, 30, 10, 30, there's a rule at the end we talk about where it's really 20% is a bare minimum, but um, I'd rather focus on the goal, not the bare right. minimum, right? Um, then if I save 30 or 31 or 32% or 33%, then all of a sudden it's really easy to get complacent, right? Because yeah. I did enough. Um, but the way I've started to reframe that thought process for myself is, uh, am I being a good steward of the blessings that God gave me, mm-hmm. right? Like just because I've got the money doesn't mean, you doesn't mean I've got the right to blow it. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so if I can't be accountable to and account and account for 
the money I spent, I know I got complacent. As opposed to when I say, like I'm an experienced guy. So my mom and dad taught me years ago, like one thing, you, like you'll get a lot of presents that you'll never remember, but there's a lot of places you'll get to go in your lifetime that you will remember to the day you die. Yeah. So I'm a big believer in if you're going to spend some money, spend on an experience. Again, not at the expense of your long-term money goals, retirement goals. But if you've got the extra room, that's where I want to do it because I can absolutely say, you know, taking the kids on that, that long weekend uh, to the beach absolutely is worth whatever it costs because I still saved my 30%. Because you still saved it. Right. I saved my 30%. So maybe I didn't save 34 like I could have. I saved 30, zero, 30, 30, right? But that 4% was accounted for because, hey, I had an experience with my kids that they'll never be able to get again, nor could I. That was worth that extra bit of money. So if you're not saving 30%. Now you got to make better choices. Better choices. Because there's areas in your budget, typically, in everyone's budget. Again, 20% minimum, 30% goal. But there's areas in everyone's budget where you could have it all. You could save and get those experiences. So what do you do until then? Well, this goes back to step one, two, and three of our first episode when it, when it goes down to start budgeting, create a goal, talk about it, create a plan, and start executing it. And this goes back to if you're executing well, you will have more choices. So what's the scenario then? So you're grinding, you're grinding, you're grinding, you're doing the best you can, mm-hmm. uh, you're starting to save some money, mm-hmm. but you still don't have the money available to to even go on vacation at all, whether okay, it be fair. drive mm-hmm. down to the beach or whatever. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're in Texas. We can drive down to the beach fairly easily. Um, but in your mind, it is so earned and it is so justified. Justified is a better word that most people use uh, <laughs> It's not really earned. We, we kid ourselves that it's deserved, right? And then justify that we've earned it. <laughs> right. Um, so, but like, what do you so, do there? Like, so how, do you do? how do you reward yourself, right? Like, how do you... Right. So this goes back to the whole deferred gratification conversation. This goes back to, you know, another step on here where, where you create rewards and consequences. So rewards are big. I believe that. Um, but you, like what I see a lot of people do, which is bizarre to me is they will buckle down and they'll save, 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 save for five months. They did great. And now it's summer. And they literally go do some crazy ass trip to some foreign place that they shouldn't have gone to in the first place. And not only is it not out of savings, it's out of future earnings. I was gonna, and, so, so they go backwards and they basically undo everything that they, they had just done so well at for five months. Card, right. I mean, right, that's what I'm saying that, okay. right. They, they just do just it, it yeah. because they justified it. I've been working really hard. I've been grinding on my budget it's not in. It's not in alignment. Like here's here's a better way to say it. If you make the plan up front, then you're probably gonna have a, a vacation account. Like I know you do, right? right? So if you plan out that okay, uh, if my income is X and I want to save Y, then I've got Z that I could set aside for vacation, and I'll set aside, set aside, set aside until I can do it. But here's the budget for it, and it's a thought out, non emotional number. It's mm-hmm. a it's a budget amount, and then there are lots and lots and lots of trips and experiences and things to buy yourself that fall within that number. Right. But what people don't do it or what they do more often is they make an emotional buying decision. So something flops in their, in their chair, like they get a random vacation uh, invite from a yeah. old friend and it sounds like a lot of fun and hits you at the right time because you haven't been on a vacation in a while. Right. It wasn't planned out and you're like, hell yeah, sign me up. And then all of a sudden you're, Way past whatever budget yeah. you, is even in alignment with. 
uh, with what you're with what you're trying to accomplish. So, so if you're in the middle of the grind, you're not quite there yet. You have mm-hmm. maybe haven't established a a, a vacation account. Number you, three solves this. You realize you, that, right? Then you defer it. Well, you continue he, to defer it. So what here, do you do to me, reward let, yourself? Let me no, let me just answer this directly. Number three, it fixed it. If you have a real coach, you would ask for permission. Ah, I get okay. calls all the time, all the time from around the nation, from my <laughs> coaches, my students, my former students yeah. that literally say, hey, Josh, I'm thinking about buying this or going here or doing right. this. I know and, I've asked that. I'm like, right. okay, we're, like, we're saving all this money. Like, when do I get to use it? Right. But, <laughs> when do but I get to use the, it? Number three is yeah. it's not in a vacuum. That's the whole idea. It's yeah. like, what are you missing or what's the angle that I didn't think of? You don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And the coach, I quite often will say, Hell yeah. Like, look what you've saved here today. Yeah. You're talking about spending this much. Do it. And, or out but, of this account. Like, you use right. this. Use this. So it's... It, right. But that goes back to, we're super private individuals. Money is taboo. We should never talk about it. I'm certainly yeah. not going to ask a friend's opinion about it, right? Because that would be weird. Right. So it goes back to yeah. find that accountability partner or coach around money and, and ask them for help and they'll give it to you, right? Yeah. Just make sure it's a trusted advisor. The other thing about the coaches that, I mean... So it just came up, you know, we're making our calendars for the next year, um, as a team and, mm-hmm. um, and in our, in our family and it, uh, Katie asked, you know, are, are you and Randy getting back on the calendar for budget? And I'm like, uh, yes, like, I'm so sorry. Like you literally are stuck with us for the rest of your life because <laughs> we have to have that 30, 45 minutes to an hour every month. Um, here's the beautiful thing about that, that people need to understand though. I'm not actually coaching on your money for 45 minutes. No, I, exactly. I used to. What, it, what the truth of the matter is, is that if you have to turn it into me, it, the work's it done. done. It just has to it be done. It forces right. the requirement to actually do the work and Absolutely. do the budget. It forces you two to look at it. Mm-hmm. And then once every third time we get together now, you'll say, hey, what about this? Or I'll catch something that, hey, this is starting to get a little bit out of line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should really look at your 401k balances yes. or whatever. It's the one thing that sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then it gives us time for some strategy, you know, like accountability right um, when all the, when all of our cars blew up and it yep. was time to, <laughs> you know, it's like, Do hey, we buy used, we buy new, when right. do we buy, what's it, my budget, how much I spend? And then KK is going to be 16 and you know, six yep. months. So time to build in that strategy. And then mm-hmm. the other thing, like you pointed out was it's an outsider's point of view that can see things that when you're in it, you're not quite seeing yep. like, so what's happening in this area specifically? And it'll cause us to stop and think, what the hell is that? Or why, what is going on right there? Yep. And so it can help us navigate. And again, it removes that emotion when we can just submit to the process, turn it in, mm-hmm. let somebody that's great at it be the leader. Mm-hmm. That makes it way easier. That makes it way easier. I love that. So... Well, let's move on to number four. And it's something you, you accidentally brought up earlier, but I love that you brought it up because it's so true. Number four is you've got to create a weekly report to track your activities. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. So where does this come in? And by the way, like I said, you can apply this to business as a whole, but it absolutely applies to money as well. Uh, really what it comes down to is, um, let, you know, depending on what system you're using, maybe you're using a cash system, maybe you're still using the convenience of a credit card, but on a weekly basis, it should be pass-fail, right? So let's just say that, um, in your plan to your spouse, you committed to spending no more than a hundred bucks a week on other stuff, random stuff. Packs Is this of, like your F off money? Uh, F off. Right. Okay. Yep. Um, then at the end of the day, you should look into your bank account 
yeah. and see, yeah. have I spent a hundred or have I spent 300 of that 400 bucks? <laughs> Right? Have I spent fifty or have I spent right? be, how right. early in the month you'd be begging for more allowance? Right, <laughs> right. But it goes back to uh, that reminder to stay on top of it. Yeah. Um, if it goes back to uh, credit card usage as a whole, um, you know, there's certain things that we perceive as we have to have it. Right. So I, the only examples I could say that for sure should go on a credit card or could go on one that you have to have, gas is just one of those things. You're going to pay for it. Um, but the other things that we say we need are optional credit card use at um, fast food for the kids, fast food drive-throughs, all that stuff. Like, how about you take a look every week so it doesn't just surprise yeah. you at the end of the month and you and you find out, holy crap, I spent a thousand bucks on eating out this month for my family of five, and I'm not going to pay and, the credit card bill at the right, end of the month, right? Versus, Ouch. okay, uh, we need to eat in next week. Yep. The whole idea is the shorter the unit of measurement, the more likely you are to achieve the outcome, right? Yeah. So. Not once a year. Ideally, you know, late. once a month is better than once a year. But if you can break it down to a weekly uh, report card, a report card, then you're going to be better off. You know, I've said it a thousand times in my business coaching that um, you don't have to win every inning of the World Series to win the World Series. You just right. have to win most of them, mm-hmm. right? And so you can have some fails. But if you have that fail, it's like getting on the scale. You're on the scale, take a look. Hey, uh, Two pounds overweight. I don't know what happened. Okay, here's an idea. You know exactly what happened, but you can change your behaviors next week because you've made some right. bad choices this week. Yeah. Right? No, I, I think that's, yeah. The, I think the shorter, that's unit of, yeah. Yeah, shorter units of measure is absolutely key. This, the number five you spoke on briefly as well, but I do want to spend more time on this because five, I'm going to read five and six. Um, mm, I'm read five, six, and seven together because I'm going to read them out, but they all kind of correlate and it makes more sense if I do all f- with the beginning with the end of mind. Okay. Number five is add an event to your calendar uh, or add calendar events that are once a time uh, calendar events that are pop-ups. We talked about that earlier. This would be specifically the once a month that you're going to review your budget with your spouse. Gotcha. This yeah. would be the once a month that you're going to pay all your bills. This would be um, anything that needs to be on a monthly basis. It, it could be a once a month phone call. If you have a financial planner, call your financial planner to review activity over the last 30 days. Um, just that if, if, you ju- if you have a financial plan or some, a 401k, somebody's helping you uh, manage a 401k, the reality is if you were just to call that financial planner once a month, I guarantee you get better results than just getting the reports once a year from them. Because you're the one client that does call them every month because you give a crap. It forces them to give a crap and they're going to just simply take better care of you and watch your money. Why wouldn't you want the babysitter watching the kids? Right. And I thought... Right? I thought that they would be the one to do that. Oh yeah, that, yeah. All, like, you and the other thousand <laughs> clients they've got. He, they, he worries and remembers everything about all your all your money, right? Right. I don't. I'm just like right. I figured he's watching it. Yeah. Like, why do I need to watch it? Yeah, they don't. Uh, you absolutely have very, to be the very, one. Very, very few. Yep. That calls and and has those conversations. So, um, yeah, didn't know that. Yeah. So PSA. so put those on the calendar. Which number was uh, the number five? Number six, though, and this the six and seven kind of go into what I want to spend more of the time talking about. One of those, whatever you title it, I don't care if it's the review. This might fall under the, the review with your spouse, but this is a monthly strategic review, and that, that's the that's the key word here. Because uh, after number six, what I put down for number seven is you've got to ask yourself four questions. The four questions in this monthly recurring strategic review, which is five, six, and seven kind of added up together when you really get down to it, is you've got to ask yourself, I believe four questions, and this works in business and with money both, really in all areas. If it's strategy that we care about, 
and we're caring about executing the plan, then at some point, often we've got to review the results to figure out, is this plan a good plan for what we're trying to achieve, right? So the four questions that I always ask are, what is working? So let's just say that, you know, God bless you, you finally sat down with your spouse and you made the first budget ever Mm -hmm. last month. Well, when you do your first budget, you're going to guess a little bit. Like there's some truth to that. Like you're going to go off of what you remember, but you didn't track everything prior to this typically. So you're going to kind of recreate a lot of stuff. And let's just say that you wrote down that your family of five requires 600 bucks a month for, uh, for food bills combined between eating out and buying food to feed everyone 600 bucks a month. Okay. And let's just say that was with the best intentions. You thought it was the right number. Well, at the end of the month, you sit down and look at this. And so the first question is what is working? Well, the answer to the budget for your rent is probably spot on. The answer to your budget for your uh, um, car is probably spot on gas, pretty close always. So that's working. But what's not working is the second question. Well, what's not working is you spent 800 bucks on eating and eating out, right. not 600 bucks. Right. So what's not working? Well, that's not working. Uh, the best laid plans was I was going to save that minimum of 20%. Mm-hmm. But two months in a row, strategic review, I didn't save 20%. Yeah. Um, my best laid plans was by February 1st, I was going to fully fund my float account. And here we are, it's March 1st, and I'm not even halfway there. So what is working you pay attention to because you want to know what to not change, right? right? What's not working though, you don't make knee-jerk reactions because just because it's not working yet doesn't mean the plan's not sound, right? It just might take longer than you thought to achieve it, right? So you did some math wrong. God knows that right. a lot of people aren't math whizzes in the world. I'm not pointing at you. Yeah. What do you but, mean? <laughs> but um, it might, you might, just might have misunder, uh, or uh, underestimated the amount of time it's going to take or you forgot to withhold taxes from your income so you thought you were going to be able to save more uh, each month than you really could. So when it's not working, there's two follow-up questions. So here's the total of the four. What's working, what's not working. The first, the, the first follow-up question is, what might I need to add? The second one is what might I need to subtract or change, right? In this plan, in this strategic plan, in this budget, in this long-term, this is going to help me retire by age 55, whatever the number is, right? You've got to ask your questions on a monthly basis because life happens. Life does change. I remember specifically that we had created a budget around two kids. Um, We did this. Turns out God had a different plan for us. We have, thank God we got Presley, but we got three kids. We didn't change the budget for whatever reason in our eating out Oh, yeah. For Oops. like six months. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm really good at budgeting. I'm really good. And I was getting pissed yeah. that Why we kept on we blowing the budget on eating, yeah. eating you know, food and eating out. And it wasn't until about six months later, we were just chit-chatting. And, and Chrissy reminded me, she's like, you know, you never like, gave you that area this. a raise, an adjustment. There was no area change yeah. uh, for the food budget. And it's like, oh, my God. You know, but thank God we talk about it often. But I, you, you think about how many life changes happen uh, – some people, mine don't, but some people have private school. Well, private school costs change each year, right? It ratches up. Gotcha. So you might set your budget at a certain amount, but three years later, you're like, how am I blowing this one? Oh, yeah, it goes up every year. Goes okay, great, but year. you have to change the budget. Yeah. Um, same thing with the, the savings or spending. You know, if you're not, it, ultimately, if you're not hitting the savings goal, then you're still spending too much based on your income. So at some point, you have to. Yeah. 
you at some point you have to slash and burn the expenses mm-hmm. even more than you thought you did. Even if you're doing a good job, you got to do better because strategy is about with the end in mind. Is this plan, is this strategy that I'm executing going to get me the desired result or not? And I've got to stop to think about this. So if you don't, so is it really the first step then to get with a financial planner? Is that kind of what yours? Yes and no. Um, how else do you figure out how yeah. much you need? Yeah. So I encourage it. I think most financial planners will meet with anyone for free the first time. And so if nothing else, you get a free education. So I'd absolutely encourage that. Um, I don't think that necessarily a college student that might be listening to this needs to go talk to a financial planner. Um, you know, the, so first, the first step is track everything. I mean, to answer your question, the first okay. tra- step is track everything. You know, you have to come up with a goal and you're working towards a goal of some sort. Um, but once okay, you so start... maybe your first goal is to track everything. So yeah. then when you go to answer mm-hmm. these questions, so what's working? I actually freaking tracked everything. Cool. Exactly right. What's not working? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have accurate numbers. And then what do I need to add? You can do a direct mm-hmm. comparison because... Now you have the ability to track. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what needs to change? Obviously, you can take a look at that. So that in and of itself is accomplishing yep. the goal for this yep. moment in time. What is or should be changed or could be changed, right? Like, like another easy, small example, because everyone's thinking in terms of retiring at age 55 or whatever. But let's just say that you go back to your bartender days that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Mine as well. Um, take this money aside, put it away, don't touch it, right? Well, you might become a better bartender over a couple of years. So your take home ends up going up and up and up. You yeah. might be a great employee. So over time, your, your income goes up. You've been saving this amount of money consistently. Great job. But could you ratchet it up by a hundred bucks a month? Yeah. Yeah. So that's another that. change. You know, um, a lot of, a, a lot of strategy is I want to get here by this time, but what's wrong with getting there faster, right? I yeah, mean, at the end of the day, sure. financial freedom would be, if I have the choice to retire today, but I still choose to work to 55, that's financial freedom, right? Right. So we're going to work towards that goal. But in the strategy review, part of the changing might not necessarily be from a negative connotation. It's like, wow, I'm doing better than I thought I was. I need to adjust up my goals. Right. Right. Or I need to adjust up my savings because I can. And God knows if it stays in my checking account, it's going to be it, spent. It will be spent. So I just need to. That's a good. I mean, that right there talks about, you know, changing your 401k allocation yep. or whatever it's called. Allocation. Yep. That's right. Um, yeah. Like every year they give you the opportunity. Now's the time. Like you want to put more aside. You want to put more and you want to max that out. Bottom line. Yeah. And, and I said in a different podcast as well, when it, you know, I'm a home loan lender, right? Um, if you want to find out if you can afford comfortably a bigger house, start paying the bigger house payment now on your current mortgage. Yeah. Or if yeah. you're renting right now, great. Then set the extra. If you're renting for 1200 bucks a month and you want to hopefully buy a house, it's going to be about 1500 bucks a month. Start saving the extra 300 bucks, putting in a savings account. It'll yeah. be your down payment. But get used to that higher payment because you can ratchet it up and ratchet it up and ratchet it up and ratchet it up. Yeah. Um, it's a forced savings habit. It's getting in the habit of playing that game we, we like to talk about. Right. Of... Don't do it one time. Let it sit in a vacuum. You know, add in those visual aids like we talked about. Have somebody that you talk to. Is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? So you're not making decisions in a vacuum. Have that monthly recurring strategy meeting set up on your calendar and other key monthly things like when you're going to pay your bills and all that stuff. Then actually think about what's working, what's not. What should we change or not? This is how a game is played. This is how a game is played. You don't, Absolutely. You don't just do it and just watch. Like You don't go to Vegas and watch the die roll and 
That's what, like, you get invested. Yeah. You know, you know I, I hate using roulette like a good example because a horrible example. <laughs> Don't use roulette as, as your example. But there's red and there's black. And I see people walk up all the time. And there's green too, by the way. You walk up and you see, oh, it's been red, 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 red over and over again certainly can't be read again. I'll just bet all my money on black, black. right? So you don't just leave it is my point. You don't leave it in place and just never touch it. You mess with it. You got to mess with it a little bit. Play the game. I love that. And because I think if we are, you know, if we have people listening that are college age Mm -hmm. and then all the way up to, you know, 60 plus, 65 plus, finding that point of what is the goal right now? Like what is the first step Mm -hmm. and being comfortable with knowing that this is, one, it's going to change. Mm-hmm. Two, it's a right now goal. Let's just get there first. And then yeah. adding on the next step of it, understanding that the long term, the big picture yep. is the big picture. It's yep. much, you know, it's much broader. Um, but breaking it down into bite-sized pieces is way easier to handle because I know like the it's really hard, even though I'm 35 now, it's still really hard for me to connect with being 65 and retiring. Well, you're you're going to get there. I'm going to get there, but it's hard from a, it's hard from a motivation standpoint. And I, I have to assume that people feel this way, especially the younger people that retirement, what? Mm-hmm. Like, no, we're just in it to work. You know, we're just like here to work right now. We'll worry about that later. There's a whole group of people out there that are all about, Hey, don't work, travel the world for 10 years, live off a shoe, you know, shoestring budget, do it with people that you love being with. And then I'll get around to it. And I'm not sure that's not a great happiness plan. I am for sure, uh, I, I know for sure that they're going to be on a major uphill battle to ever be able to retire because the longer yeah. it takes for you to start your savings habit, the worse off you are. Like time matters. I can't even imagine. Like I just. People do that. I know. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Like my yeah. OCD personality, like would really love to be able to release in that way. Like. <laughs> And go and do, um, super cool. But anyway, I don't know, just a complete side note. Um, but yeah, so I think it's hard to connect with, like if you're super young, then it's hard to think about retirement right now. But so I think, well, here's the thing people need to remember is that you are in the driver's seat of your life, right? Mm -hmm. So when you are playing the game, you just have more choices. Um, you know, I for sure thought I was going to work to a hundred years old. I still might like, I'm just kind of a worker person. I just, I, I like doing it. I like what it does for me. I love it. What it does for other people. I just like working. So I'll probably work forever. What I'm doing might change over time. Right. Um, yeah. But what's happened for me personally, which is why I'm so passionate or one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this is the simple fact that I can retire today. Technically for sure. Um, allows me to work with who I want and nobody else. Yeah do it when I want, not when I don't want to, um, because I'm, you know, I'm doing it for my why now, not because I have to, yeah. and there's a big difference there uh, that people miss out on. And so people say, well, Hey, listen, I don't want to, that feeling of control or I can't do what I want to do right now. And I'm, you know, I don't want to cl- climb Kilimanjaro when I'm 70. I want to climb Kilimanjaro when I'm 25. Right. Then yeah. I get that. And so there's a very fine balance here, uh, or a balancing act for sure. But just remember you can change your trajectory but having no plan and having no goal and certainly not executing anything, even if you had a plan or a goal, is not getting you more out of life than you want to get out of life. People demonize money, going back to the taboo element of it. They mm-hmm. demonize money. Yeah. But let me be clear. I know a lot of rich people, a lot of rich people. 
Um, they have for sure given away more money to help others yeah. than all the poor people I know. I don't yes. know how to say that. Yes. So yes. these demonized rich people are bad people. No, no, no. Yep. They're the ones that struck the big checks to change organizations. To change lives. They Absolutely. just are. So um, you don't demonize it. It just gives you more choices. And if you want to earn billions of dollars in your lifetime and give it all away and don't give it to your kids, awesome. There are billionaires that do that. They yeah. skip their kids. They just give it away to organizations yeah. and charities. So, uh, But the money does buy you options. It does buy um, you options. Um, yeah. No, I, I think... Yeah. Moving on. I, I, moving on. It's just it's super cool. It's it's a very good transition of thought process, I think, is is the only thing I would say is, you know, um all the all the contradictory of, you know, you work, you know, spend your money because you've worked hard to earn it and yeah. do what you want and you only live once and you don't die with it, all the things that yep. you've already mentioned. Um yeah, they're yeah, okay, well, you can, that's yeah. part of it, but like having this control mm-hmm. is is just a different it's a different way to live and it's 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 very rewarding and it's very um there's almost a sense of calm that yeah. like well when you when you it. have bumpers and bumper bumper bowling you still get more strikes Ooh, boom. You, you never, ever get a, you, you never, ever hit the gutter for sure. <laughs> you get true. more strikes. It's that simple. Just drop that mic. <laughs> <laughs> Point landed. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. The, the game matters. Um, I will tell you the negative side of, the, of those things too, because I do believe very strongly in celebrating along the way, uh, which will go into uh, number nine that we're not at yet. We're at number eight. But I know a guy that he was so frivolous sorry the opposite for us he was so um oh frugal frugal thank you yeah he was so frugal his whole life with his kids with his spouse with everyone and uh and the only thing he ever wanted to do ever was go on a cruise in alaska and he had never traveled ever on vacation um because he was so frugal 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 wow and he saved all this money he saved a lot of money and he and he finally retires and he retires old, older he was like 70 he finally retires. And so the first thing he wants to do is he wants to take his wife and kids and grandkids on a cruise in Alaska. And so they go on this cruise and on the second or third day of the cruise, he drops dead of a heart attack. Right. No. So, uh, I, oh. I, I am not saying that you don't do anything along the way. Cause I could be hit by a train tomorrow. Yeah. Lightning happens. Shark bites, even though I'm a big diver, they do happen occasionally. Um, yeah. but at the same time, if you don't, keep those bumper bumpers up, yeah. then you will for sure have a shitty end of life experience. Like yeah. live, I, I, I've got family members currently that, um, that get state assistance for housing, that the money that's received from social security is not enough to cover the bills. Oh. And when you start adding in medical expenses too, yeah. this is a lot of American stories. Mm. And could it have been prevented? I don't know because, um, you know, some things happen that you can't foresee. I mean, life events do happen. But could there have been a better outcome than what she currently has? For sure, right? There were lots of choices that were never made earlier on in life. It was just never addressed. It was never worked on. It was never played. Yeah. That she's, you know, it's just not fun not right fun. now. Yeah, right? no. And yeah. so I'd rather have 100 years of decent than three great years and the rest of the years not, right? Um I don't know. Intentionality in the game. Absolutely. So number eight, 
you have to create that uh, the minimum, right? Like what is the absolute minimum you're going to save? So using that wealth escalator we talked about earlier, whether it's a thousand bucks for you, or maybe you're 20 and you're listening to this right now and 500 bucks is all you need. Great. Good for you. Good on you. Um, or maybe you're saving for your kid's retirement. So you start giving them 250 bucks at age one and you do it all the way through, right? We've talked about that as well. My point is, is that what's the minimum and make it the minimum, the rule, not the, I hope, right? Um, the rule of money that was taught to me is that you must save 20% and never touch it. Save 20, whatever your paycheck is, save 20% and never touch it. Um, and so when you look at your final W2 for the end of the year, or if you're self-employed, you look at your final adjusted gross income at the end of the year, take that times 20%, you saved it or you didn't. Yeah. Now, going back... Where do you back, put it? Where do you... Uh, well, the where, the where is a financial planning question. And so not being licensed to sell goods, uh, stocks, bonds, such, I can't literally answer that. What I can tell you, and we'll go into a lot more detail in a, in a different podcast is, you know, uh, ABCs one, two, three are, you set up a float account, you pay, pay off all your debt, you max out your 401ks, IRAs, SEPs, any tax deferred or tax-free stuff next. After that, you get into the market for sure. Uh, I believe that you get into the general market. So using, um, I'm not going to say which one I buy, but uh, buying the market as a whole, not an individual stock is super important when you're starting out. So mutual funds are the best answer for that uh, because you're not going to take a catastrophic loss if you bet on the wrong horse. You're betting on the market as a whole. The market as a whole has done really well over time. Um, The closer to retirement you get, the less risky you can be. So age matters. And that goes back to risk profiles and talking with financial planner when that time comes. Mm -hmm. I think that it's asinine for people to do all their personal investing on the side because they want to do a $7 per click purchase of a stock or an ETF. It's stupid. If you're not full-time with backgrounds as a stockbroker, a master's... I didn't know you could do that. I'm like... Oh, dude. Uh, yes, huh? you did. You know that you can go to E-Trade and go buy for, I think it's six or seven bucks. You can buy any stock you want for seven bucks. Oh, okay. No. Awesome for you, <laughs> but your full-time job is marketing. Right. Right? Exactly. So why, why would you risk your retirement on, I want to save some money in commissions, so I'll just pay some bucks. Oh, that's the idea behind it? Yeah. It, oh, okay. That's it's literally the like idea. Fun. Yeah. Uh, well, people like to gamble. <laughs> Now, there are people that are appropriate day traders. Like they literally study the craft. They read it all the time. They have uh, some background in it. Um, or they're not risking more than 10% of everything. That's their play money, right? Play, okay, yeah. Um, but going back to the answer, mutual funds next. I think that you do mutual funds personally until you're about a half million bucks in the bank. At that point, then you can start getting into some individual stuff. Um, I think after that, you're working on, on significantly paying down or paying off your mortgage. Uh, because in retirement, you want the lowest fixed expenses possible. So having no mortgage payment, which is the biggest expense, is a great thing to have by the time you retire. It'd be, it'd be the whole point. Um, and that's kind of the progression over time, right? So uh, it's not a direct answer because everyone's age is different. Everyone's risk yeah. tolerance is different. But that's the general ideas. ABC123 kind of work through, have some savings reserves, pay off your credit, start saving tax-free first, tax-free, tax-deferred second. Then invest in the general market, then pay down your your house. Um, you that's go. the that's the order. Cool. But twenty percent is the number. So um, again, if you're not saving twenty percent off whatever your current income is, gotta um, start cutting, right? Cut slash burn. Change. You gotta change <laughs> your living styles. You can go without the new phone for an extra two years. You can fix the car and stay. Or in. make more. 
Or make more. Or, or both. More. Or both. Or both. Ideally both. Yeah. Right? Ideally both. And that's why, you know, this day and age, so many kids, so many people have a side gig. Mm-hmm. Like the side gig could literally be the difference of the thousand bucks a month to save the 240 every 20 years to, yeah. to save 480 to, ni- to 960 uh, by the time it doubles. Like, just think about that. Say that so, again. So, <laughs> well, you said the wealth escalator, right? I said save a thousand bucks a month for yeah. 20 years. Mm-hmm. 20 years is 240,000. It doubles to quadruples in that period of time. So it's four. That's true. Four eighty nine sixty. That thousand dollars a month matters. Like, how many Uber drivers are there? Yes. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, they're making an extra thousand bucks on the side. I've had a underwriter that used to work for me, that um, the mortgage company an underwriter, and some of my employees were flying in from out of state, and the Uber driver was the underwriter. Oh my god! And I was like, dude, you make a lot of money. He's like, yeah, but I was driving anyways. You're going like, home anyway. Like, what a great answer. It's like, you can, be, pick, you can be paid 20 bucks to drive home yeah. in the general direction, or you can pay your gas bill. Like, which one's smarter? Yeah. If that's the difference of you hitting your goal, why wouldn't you do something like that? Yeah. As long as you're safe. And, you, and I'm not condoning Uber. I'm not promoting Uber. <laughs> this, you see that as an example. This is not an ad. Yeah, I've got no, a girl, a girl in her office, Justine, that um, she's an awesome employee. And one of the things that she does is... She sends out, she's a great cook. She loves to cook. It's part of her hobbies. It's part of her passions. She's going to be cooking um, anyway. She'll be cooking for herself anyways because you know, she doesn't eat out as much. She wants to eat at home and do healthy stuff. She knows that I like to eat healthy stuff. Yeah. So she came to my office one day and said, hey, um, if I start cooking you your food, would you pay me eight bucks instead of eating out? I said, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. As long as like, I want veggies and I want meat. You yeah. get those two things together, I'm buying it. Well, now she's got several people at the office. So every time she makes food, they're all paying for it. Yeah. She's doing something like that extra difference is the game, right? Yeah. So very That's good. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Number nine, you must establish rewards and penalties. So this was one of the things you were starting to allude to that I cut you off on. But if you go back to implementation and, you know, you talked about, God, I don't, there's no tie to 65, right? right. I know you're a spring chicken and you're 29. I get it. <laughs> there's no tie to being 65. I get that. Like I woke up one day and I was 40 and I was like, holy crap, I'm halfway dead. It, right. Uh, <laughs> such a mess with your age. <laughs> I, uh, everyone deals with a different 40 was an interesting year for me. I had my little midlife crisis. It's over. We're moving. Yeah, on. you did. But, yeah, you did. But my point is, is that this is where it's appropriate to tie appropriate to tie in a reward or penalty for hitting yeah. your goals or not. So when you're saying, Josh, like, okay, I'm working really hard. Like, when do I go on vacation? Mm-hmm. Or when should I buy that car? Or when should I do this nice thing for my spouse? Or when should I, you know, buy this new clothes or this purse that everyone has to have or whatever the answer is? Tie it to a savings goal. When you save X, then you allow yourself to do something special. Yeah. But focus on the savings first. And this will force you then, like, let's just say that this is your thousand bucks number because we've been using that a lot. Yeah. Thousand bucks a month, your savings. Okay, so let's say in six months you've now saved six thousand bucks. You're on track. We've 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 measured it. We're hitting it. We're really saving the thousand. We're not saying we're saving the thousand, charging a little bit on the side. Which is such a good right? amount. I mean, when you just say Absol- six thousand bucks, it, it's it's game changer for most people. Right? Oh, it is. Yeah. So now we've got six thousand bucks saved. Okay, now I want to go on vacation. But mm-hmm. now think about the mental battle that you now have to say what's appropriate for the reward. Right. Are you going to go on a 6,000 vacation, $6,000 vacation? 7,000 baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is what most people do because they don't think about it in the first place. That's why I'm here. Right. Um, and that's why you don't do that anymore. But my point is, is that this, is, then you say, well, shit, I worked so hard to save the 6,000. You know, I want to do something for myself, but what's appropriate. Right. Well, maybe you allow yourself to give your, you know, 500 or a thousand dollar deal. Um, 
or whatever. Or you'll work harder to find the extra 500 to 1,000. Yes, but it forces you to think about it. My point is tying rewards or penalties to hitting or not hitting the goal are super important. So my coaching students know this about me, that... Uh, I'll just go through the list. Anytime I've put a weak goal out there with a, as far as a weak reward, I never hit the goal, right? So meaning, it, meaning like if I, uh, I'm just trying to think of a recent example. I don't have a recent example. I've got, got to go back a few years. Um, just do the bit, just do the weight loss one. Well, that's that's, or, that's just, the penalty though. Oh, the yeah. Penalty. So I'm okay. doing rewards first. So, I don't, do you do rewards? I feel like you're all. I penalties. don't anymore. No, <laughs> you're, that's why I, I, I don't anymore. Um, oh, uh, well, the watch was a big reward, so I won't. Do, I'll do that in one second. So a small one would be. I used to be a pen guy. That's that's a good one. So uh, really nice writing oh, instruments. Writing instruments is what they're called. Um, <laughs> could be about two hundred bucks to five hundred yeah. bucks. I mean, there's really crazy ones out there. But for two hundred dollars, I mean, it's a pen. Two hundred bucks pen. is a lot of money, right? right. So I used to do rewards like if I do X or I save X, I'll buy myself a Mont Blanc, okay? And if you look at my drawer, I've got plenty of Mont Blancs, which is interesting because I stopped hitting the goals. And I was like, screw it. I got plenty of Mont Blancs, right? You got plenty of pins. Um, But so the reward wasn't big enough for me to go do it. Like it just didn't matter anymore. Um, But when I had a reward like uh, I'm going to take my kids on a ski trip was one that I did like three years ago, four years, the first ski yeah. trip. So there's probably five years ago now. That was, the, that was like, when I hit these goals, I'm going to take my kids, my family on their first family ski trip. Super well, cool. I took it a step further and I also told them. That's the kicker. Right? So now I told them. So now if I don't do it, it's not only a big reward, but it's a big consequence. Yeah. So I'm going to look at my little They're girls like, in the eye and say, baby, I can't afford this. Like I can't Way take to go, you, right? dad. Right. So, <laughs> but that's an example of the reward side. The consequence side is equally important. So on the big rewards, I hit most of them. 70, 80% of the goals I'd hit if I put a big reward out there. And it also tying into telling everyone. Yes. Like you got to tell them because it's yeah, a lot about of it. people. You yep. have to yep. go around and say, no, I didn't hit the goal. Yep, that's right. Wah, so wah. now we go to the consequences, which are uh, for me more effective. So most people will just do without on the rewards or consequences. Um, I believe in making them big and horrible, right? <laughs> so whenever I did a weak consequence, then I would never hit the goal again. When I ever did a horrible consequence, I've only missed it once ever in 15 years. Um, Which one did you miss? Uh, I wasn't allowed to hunt last year. Last year? I did not hunt last hunting season. I took a lot of people hunting. I oh, have that's a ranch. So sad. Yeah, I have a ranch. <laughs> I hunt. I'm a hunter. I'm sorry if you're listening and you're not I a hunter. I feel like. But I am a hunter. I eat what I kill. Don't worry. But I was not allowed to hunt last year. January 1st of 2019, I ate Bambi for sure. But <laughs> oh, 2019. I did not shoot a single animal. I did not hunt anything because I did not hit my goals, right? You must have been in deep depression about that because I don't even think, I did not know that. I didn't hit my goals and I held myself um, accountable. Excuse me, sir. I don't feel like you told enough people what your goal was that's so we can possible, help you get possible. there. No, I, uh, my, that was a business goal, right? Income, use, and volume. We were off. And so, um, but, I, but I hold myself uh, yeah. uh, strong to those. So going back to, a, you asked about the weight loss thing. Um, so yeah, there's a, crazy. there's five years ago, four years ago now, probably, um, there's a group of us that are all coaches that all had a weight. We were all puffy. We'll just call it that. We were all <laughs> at least 20 pounds puffy. overweight. Most of us were 50 to 80 pounds overweight. Um, we got a little bit fat and happy literally. Okay. <laughs> and so we're all sitting together one day and we're looking at each other and we're like, dude, you're a little puffy. And everyone looked back and like, dude, you're puffy too. And so we made this goal. We said, Hey, in six months, we're getting back together in six months. Let's all put 500 bucks on a, on a bet 
that you lose 20 pounds. If you if you lose 20 pounds, you don't uh, uh, and no, you know you don't have to pay. If you don't lose it, you do have to pay 500 bucks for everyone, right? Now, mind you, the the audience that's listening, all these guys, they're all fairly wealthy. Like yeah. they're like uh, when I say this, I don't want it to be taken the wrong way. So. Bottom line was, we wake up six months later, we all go, we meet, we look at each other, like, dude, you're pretty puffy, you owe 500 bucks, and same, it was the same answer for everybody. No one had lost a single pound. Uh, for it's the like, group, screw it. I'd rather, for the group, we'd like, I'd rather drink really nice wine and, yeah. and have the nice steak than lose the 20 pounds for yeah. 500 bucks, right? Totally. So we're sitting there thinking, talking about it, and, and that's when I realized how important a bad consequence is. And so that's when I said to the group, I said, hey, someone to hold you accountable. Right, to- right. To really follow through to on it, right? It ha- yeah. Yeah. So, so literally, I looked at the group. I said, "Cool, I'm in for ten thousand. So, what I did is, I bet all the other three guys. I bet them all ten thousand bucks a person to lose twenty pounds in six months. And when we showed up six months later, a hundred percent of us lost the twenty pounds. Because right? there's just no way you're going to write right. a ten thousand dollar check. It was like, going to go to charity, by the way. It wasn't going to go to them. It, but, but you're it absolutely but, right. Right. But yep. it, 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 it doesn't even matter though. If you have someone that's going to absolutely yep. make you write the check. Yep. Yep. Like, it's, like, it'd no. be, I wouldn't be able to, first of all, I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror. Second of all, my wife would look at me like, you did what? <laughs> right? Like, just tell her and she'll just, you know. I mean, that's the, I mean, I think that right there is the importance of an accountability, someone who's actually going to make you do it. Because yep. there's plenty of people that, you know, oh, you're going to, you know, you can't hunt again or you're, you know, you have to wash my car for a month and then let you off the hook. Yep. Right, like they're not going to make not you wash the car for a month. Be- so, finding somebody that is yep. really going to make you write the check, that's really going to make you wash the car for a month for not doing it. Yep, it's real. It's real. Yep. That's like. But that's the whole thing. Is I, I do think that whatever your goals are, you should reward yourself. Yeah. But when you set aside what you're going to reward yourself with, put out a time frame, budget it, make sure the budget's appropriate. Make sure it's a goal that's exciting to you. Yeah. And this will help you implement. This will help you execute. That's what this whole thing's about, mm-hmm, right? For sure. Number 10 is a controversial one for most. Did you? Um, okay. Oh, you know what I'm about to say. Uh, I'm, I'm almost going to say the Nike slogan, but I'm not. Uh, number 10 is at some point, uh, rule number 10 is effing do it. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. effing do the work, right? When yeah. it really comes down to it, if you're listening, I mean, it's been an hour and a half, right? Has it really? Almost, hour 15. Um, if you're still listening to this, it means that there's something in your personal money world that is not working or you wouldn't still be listening, right? Yeah. There's something that drew you to this podcast and at some point you just got to effing do it, right? Um, we, we all know how to save money is to not spend as much as you earn. That's how you save Have money. Have some self-control. Self-control. That's what I believe it is because, and yeah. I... Don't keep up the Joneses. Like I can say that because I know that was, that is where most of my problems lie. Like I am a really damn good salesperson, especially when it comes to myself. You can sell yourself anything. I can sell myself anything. I could justify anything, anything. So that's where my, that's where it came from for me. It's like, have some freaking control. What is wrong with yep. you? Like, get your shit together. What are you doing? Like it. And when you hear enough people say the same damn thing over and over and over again, yep. why do you think that it? Like, why do you think that's the case? Come on, yep. let's like get it together already. Just freaking do it. 
buckle down and, and be bigger and better for it. I think is what like live intentionally. You read the success books. They all say the same thing, right? It's like, there's different versions of the exact same thing. Um, it's so interesting to me how many people go through goal setting sessions or they, they take account of their life and they're exactly where they were three or five years ago. Or they go to a seminar and they write down something and they're like, damn, I remember hearing this three or five years ago. Um, and so it's not that people don't want more for themselves. It's not that people don't want more for their families and, and their loved ones. It comes down to number 10 that they just don't want to effing do the work. Um, because it is work. It's not fun, it especially is. when you start off. It becomes fun when you start winning at money. Yes. It does become fun. Trust me, guys. It does, it become, does fun. become fun. Um, when you can write a, ch- the, a check to a charity and it turns out it's the biggest check to the charity, mm-hmm. that's a really great fun day. It just Absolutely. is. When you can go on a, a bucket list trip at age 30 or 35 because you can afford it and it's not going on credit card, you write a check for it, that is fun. When you can actually pay for your kid's college and not have them have the same stresses that you might have had because you had to pay for your college, that is fun. And, and so, when you can have, when you feel control around an area, like it's almost like, you know, you're like the wheel of life, like we talk about yeah. with the, the seven areas mm-hmm. of life. When you feel in complete control over an area, that feels good. That's fun. Yeah. It's like almost yeah. like, Oh, one less thing to worry about. Almost. Mm-hmm. Obviously you've spent a lot of time worrying quote unquote, mm-hmm. because you're now, you have attention on it because you have attention on it, but it's not, it's not, it's, it's positive worry. It's yeah. not negative worry of holy crap. What's going to happen. It's, I don't have to worry about that because there's a plan in place for that piece. Yeah. So now I can focus on something else and get that shit under control. That's right. And then that one under control. Um, yeah, it's just, it feels good. It feels very good. Well, the the reason why I wanted to do this is um, there's not going to be a whole lot of new stuff that people learn in any money show or any money podcast, right? It's There's basic things. Like I said, you want to save more money, spend less. Mm-hmm. Spend less than you earn, you will save money, right? So that's, I could stop there and you would have a better life moving forward if you just yeah. followed that rule. But the implementation process is the hardest part. It is. Uh, I recognize that, you know, um, doing something about it, what to do, how to do it, at what pace to do it, what's, what's uh, appropriate, what's not appropriate. Yeah. Those are all just learning lessons that you can you know, tweak the outcome. And it's about, to me, it's about having the ideal life. To me, when you start mastering money, whatever that means to the, the viewer, it's about having a better life, um, creating a better yeah. life for, for your family and friends. Um, it is not the only thing for sure, but it no. absolutely buys you options and the options are, are great for everybody. So, um, anyways, uh, I'm thinking we're going to wrap it up there. I appreciate yeah, you as always. Absolutely. And we will see you next time on Sigmund Sense. Rock on. How do you like that? It's awesome. I was waiting for you to ask me. <laughs> What'd you, what you learn? What'd you learn? What'd you take away? 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 What'd you take away?